Hey there, it's Phil Harwood. Just want to take a quick minute before we begin today's podcast episode and talk to you about our live and in-person events. We had three events scheduled for 2021. We've already had two of them. Our Inner Circle, sponsored by VentTrack event, was very well attended and was a great event. And uh, just recently, we had our Forum for Sales event, sponsored by SnowX, sold out. Uh, We had a great event there as well. We have one more event coming up. It's called Grounds in Institutional Management. It's really focused on site um, issues, operations, engineering, equipment, everything having to do with with running a snow event and planning for events. This is going to be September 8th and 9th at Milton Cat in Milford, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. So we hope to see you there. Registration is open right now at snowfightersinstitute.com. Welcome to the Snowfighters Institute podcast where we hear directly from some of the most interesting people in the professional snow and ice management industry, to learn about their successes, to hear about the challenges they faced along the way, and to have their perspective on critical issues facing our industry today. I'm your host, Phil Harwood. Before I introduce today's special guest, I'd like to invite you to follow our social media feeds And check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, Very pleased today to um, introduce our special guest, Ryan Dempsey. Ryan is the managing partner of the East End Group. Uh, They are a multifaceted facilities management firm with one of our industry's largest snow and ice management programs. So, Ryan, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Phil. Happy to be here. Yeah, and so um, I know there's some of you listening who um, aren't all that familiar with the East End Group, although you may have heard the name because, um, the, like I said, one of the largest in the industry. I'm not sure what number you guys are on the you know, Snow Magazine Top 100, but I, you're up there. <laughs> you're pretty close to the top. <laughs> so I think I saw number 12. That might have been 2019. Is that right? Yeah, we uh, we were awarded number ten last year. Um, cool for twenty twenty. Yeah, that's impressive. For- so fill us in. Tell us a little bit about uh, the East End Group. And so East End Group is a um, self performing facility maintenance and self performing general construction firm. Um, our facilities division does everything from land and snow to plumbing and HVAC to handyman services um, throughout the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. And then on our construction side, that's mostly in the tri-state, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut market for, um, you know, renovations to ground up construction. How did you get into this? Um, What was that or what was the genesis of the company? Like, where did the company come from? How, How long has it been in business? And so I, East End has yeah. been around since 2010. Um, I joined the company back in 2013. Okay. Uh, and I met my partner uh, 
I was working for another local, you know, landscape snow company that kind of morphed into a little bit of the facilities world. Um, and I was using him as one of my vendors and, uh, that led to our friendship and our growth. And when it was time for me to go out on my own, you know, I started my own company for about a year and we were doing a lot of work together and finally got to the point where we were doing more work together than not together. Okay. So kind of threw, made sense. threw all the cards on the table and put them all in a cookie jar and away we went. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Well, since you kind of uh, went there, just, just fill us in a little bit more on your uh, personal background, like where'd you grow up, where'd you go to school, and uh, kind of how how do you even get into that line of work? So, uh, grew up on Long Island. Uh, throughout high school, one of my part time jobs was working for the company that I. Uh, but my father always did uh, snow removal in the winter for him, and started working with him. You know, from kid nine, ten years old, going with dad, you know, shoveling. Uh, in the winters, and then it turned into more of a part-time job in high school, you know, in the landscape season. And, um, we had a coatings division at that company and started really getting involved with that stuff. So we were doing, you know, floor coatings and, you know, mechanical spaces and rooftop coatings and stuff like that. And uh, went on to, you know, I guess senior year in high school, and I did go to college for a little bit and never finished. Um, but pretty my, typical story. In two years industry. of college yeah. was, uh, Good the director, you. director of operations at, uh, that company and, uh, moved on from there and started East end. Mm -hmm. Nice. So that's cool. So, um, you know, really being in that facility management space is something you were comfortable with cause you, you saw that even growing up and stuff. But what was it about the snow? I mean, you guys have such a large, and, and I know you want to grow it even larger, your snow business. What is it, what is it about the snow? Because, you know, I always say either love it or you hate it. So <laughs> yeah. how, how did you get into the snow piece so, so in such a big way? Uh, snow is one of those things. We enjoy the challenge. I like uh, it's fast-paced. Um, I get... Uh, I guess distracted very easily on just routine work and going through the motions and snow is uh it's a different storm every time you never know what to expect the curveballs the you know you enjoy it it's it's a fun game mm -hmm. managing a snow event mm -hmm. yeah we'll come back and talk more about the snow business but um so so just with uh east end group just again to help our some of our listeners maybe not all that familiar Walk us through some of the services or if you want to go through kind of the broad uh, description of your services, because you guys do some really interesting things. And I think a, a, a whole set of services that um, I would say most of our listeners probably would never even dream of getting into. So so kind of walk us through it. What's the service scope and, and how does that all make sense? Because it's a really broad range of services. Yeah. So our services range tremendously. Um, our goal is to be the, you know, the true partner to our clients, being able to assist them with everything from a simple clogged toilet to, you know, a, a gutter leak to a branch renovation to, you know, a sidewalk issue, a town issue, an electrical issue. And we try to be that one phone call that they can make for anything and really take ownership in the property. 
one of our things was always making the properties like it was our own. So having as much knowledge of the property and really being that, you know, outsourced service for them that still felt like it was their own employees on, on the, uh, on the property. Mm -hmm. And so how are you set up if, if you don't mind sharing and I don't don't want to ask about anything, you know, proprietary necessarily, but, um, how does that work in your structure? Do you have, um, like, uh, uh, phone bank? Um, do you have, uh, account managers? Do you have people in the field? How, how does, where does that relationship fall? No. So we have a, we have a mix. We go from, you know, an account manager, um, then that, that account manager manages the account and, um, all of our divisions have, you know, a senior project manager that runs their division. So we have one on the, the land side, we have one on the exterior services side, we have one on, you know, interior services as well as multiple in the construction area and then how do you fit into that structure what are your main responsibilities oh mine vary you know there's certain customers that have been with me since the start that i still get to be the account manager on okay can't seem to get out of them um and i enjoy it i've been there i enjoy still getting the phone call at two o'clock in the morning when someone's toilet's clogged you know Mm -hmm. they'll still get me on the phone Mm -hmm. um so it's an interesting mix, but I take primarily the role of, you know, sales and marketing to, you know, more of the back end of the business stuff, you know, mm-hmm. office work and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So back to the services. What are what are um, a couple of services? Just if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience here, that are really kind of outside of the normal scope of services for someone in our industry, uh, that are unique to you guys, maybe. Um, I would say the one thing that we do a lot of is, you know, smaller renovations. Um, so we have a lot of banking customers. We have a lot of, um, office or institutional buildings that we work in, whether that's a, you know, a bathroom renovation, a lobby renovation, a new office area. Um, we also do a lot in the utility world. So for example, during COVID, um, we created, uh, for our utility customers, uh, self-sufficient villages on their property. They actually sequestered employees on the property that run their critical infrastructure and control centers. So we brought in living arrangements, you know, that were campers, power to power them, generators, um, food services, food trucks, um, refrigerated trucks, refrigerated freezers bathroom uh, trailers, shower trailers, laundry trailers, and created a self-sufficient village that they didn't leave the compounds That's crazy. their control and, centers. And if I remember right, that was happening, was that in the fall or was that even in the winter overlapping no, that, with snow? Yeah, so the first, uh, <laughs> as we were setting it up, we were plowing the snow and still trying to set trailers up I mean, at the I same time. I just can't time. even imagine taking on something of that you know, that, that strange and unusual and that of that size in the middle of, uh, you know, your snow season. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely, it was towards the tail end of the snow season. You know, we were setting them up in, you know, upstate New York and throughout New England. Um, so it was really the upstate markets that saw snow during the event. Um, and where did that work come from? Was that a municipal or a government bid that you guys saw or was that a client that brought you in no it was an existing client that started with and uh 
we actually became known in the utility world as hey one you know one major utility was using us and a lot of other utilities were trying to roll out that same program and we kind of became uh, at the forefront of that and we're getting referred in so one client partner brought us to a few others and 500 assets in the field later and you know <laughs> six weeks and managing that for probably a 12-week period um, did that kind of run its course or is that still a service that's ongoing no it it ran its course in the in the big scheme um we still have some units out in some you know remote areas um more of still just social distancing and companies that are utilizing other properties that weren't really utilized before um we still have some temporary services out there but the lion's share of it's uh you know wrapped up okay all right i know one of the things that people are always interested to learn about from other companies is is what they're using for technology so um love to hear about you know anything you're willing to share again don't want to know about proprietary stuff but in you know any type industry type technology you know like software programs or you know weather services or gps anything that's really cool and exciting that you want to share um, yeah we'd love to hear about that yeah no so we're you know the last couple of years we've made big pushes in our technology front um we've tried system after system and up until i would say this year we haven't really this was the first year we found a system that we liked um we went with utilize core um they're running from initial proposal to invoice for us now um so we've been onboarded with them i'd say about coming up on eight months utilize core c-o-r-e c-o-r-e yes okay um they have great integrations with you know our customers third-party platforms whether that's carigo or viasa or verisa uh, verisa ariba um so it's eliminating a lot of our back-end work as well it's a very simple platform for the guys in the field to use and their dashboard is phenomenal they're you know we've taken their you know out of the box version and really done a lot of customization with it so it wasn't I have to say i'm not familiar with it is it more focused on the operation side um scheduling routing field management yeah. or, or is it really complete business management software um it's a mix of both it's very heavily focused on you know the operation side but it's also focused on the business mm-hmm. and it's giving you that one platform that all your information is housed in okay crm and proposals and all that as well absolutely okay so you're really running um, your business in this correct okay. um okay and they're also working you know we've had some initiatives we use true weather on our you know weather reporting and csrs and freeze warns and all that good stuff so we're integrating all that right into the software um to be able to pull all that data and you know in real time which is something that we've been uh working on mm-hmm. the last couple of years and then what about uh work order management or requests for work orders from all your facility customers so they have their all our customers have their own portal in our system where they can you know we did, we made the decision to be as transparent with our customers. They can see all the same data that my dispatchers and my field staff can see. We give them access to everything. Um, 
they're able to go into their portal and put in work requests. They're able to check on statuses of work requests. They're able to go back in there for working on a HVAC unit to see the historicals on that unit. Um, they're able to go in and see photos of verification for our snow programs. You know, before they call, they can look in there and say, hey, they were just there 15 minutes ago. This complaint was older. You know, it's been a, a real useful tool to be able to get a real snapshot of what's going on. What was the implementation like? Um, like any software, it wasn't, you know, <laughs> as much as you put in as you're going to get back out, I feel. Um, okay. So we really went, you know, dove dove right into the software when we went into our implementation. Um, so we implemented and we were up and running on the snow side of the business, I'd say within two months. So we, I guess we went with them starting in, October, which was pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought and we got up and running with snow um, was the first service line that we put in. Um, so we are fully, fully integrated over uh, by December. And, you know, December was kind of our fine tune month and January one was the hard date that everything went over. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Um, any other technology or even if we want to move it kind of into equipment, that was the kind of the next category, but if there's anything else in the technology world, but we'd love to hear about what kind of your preferences are for equipment when it comes to, you know, moving big snow, de-icing, sidewalk equipment. Um, and even if you want to talk about liquids. Yeah. So, um, technology last piece is, you know, our fleet is fully GPS. You know, we have GPSs on, you know, we have over 300 assets in our fleet. Um, Everything from our sidewalk equipment to our dumpsters are fully GPS, so we know where they are. Nice. Um, So that's definitely been a a big piece of our business of knowing where every asset is, which we do, I would say, 30% of our business is that emergency service call that we get to be able to know where the right asset is and, you know, where you can get someone out there the fastest. Yeah. Especially when they're moving around from state to state. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, that's cool. Never lose a dumpster again. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. When you, when you realize one's been sitting on a job or, you know, I'd say a couple of years ago with our GPS where everything got a GPS, you know, we used to drive around and figure out where we left machines. Yeah. So what about equipment? What's your go-to when it comes to equipment? Um, Equipment-wise, I'd say 80% of the heavy equipment is all Caterpillar. Um, We have everything from, you know, skids up to, you know, 966s. So we, um, it's a mix of mostly wheel loaders and skid steers on the snow side. Some people are afraid of Caterpillar. They think it's the it's too expensive. It's the Cadillac, and you know you you know that I have a relationship with Caterpillar. So full disclosure here, we love Caterpillar. Uh, but what I've learned, and I didn't even know this because I assumed that you know they were just like unaffordable for the regular person because it just seemed like they were just way beyond, um, you know. Um, but what I've learned is, is as I got to know them better. There's just so many benefits that actually, when you look at the long-term, long-term value of the equipment, it's way less than what you're paying for for anything less because of all the other maintenance costs and repair costs, and the ultimate value of the machine 
you know, 10 years out, 15, 20 years out, even 30 years out. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what's your business case for using Caterpillar? The biggest thing to us is serviceability and reliability. Um, I think spending a little bit more upfront pays off in the long term. You know, in all the trucks we set up in our fleet, we, we spend a lot of money setting the truck up right from the start. Um, most of our fleet doesn't come off, you know, picked up from the dealer. I'd say we right. bring back every truck that we purchase and it gets chopped up and customized and all that. Nice. Um, I'm always surprised how many big people thing... in, our, in our industry who love that, what you just said right there, like that's, if they could just do yeah. that for a yeah. living. No, you get a brand new truck, you got to cut it up first before <laughs> you put it that's into awesome. the fleet. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, it's unique when uh, my partner loves doing that kind of stuff and he'll think of an idea and, you know, we, we have, you know, specialized service bodies that we put on our trucks and just the setup that the guys go out into the field versus, you know, one day they could be doing asphalt, the next day they could be doing concrete, then back to an excavation job for our exterior services. You know, even our interior service guys run, you know, enclosed utility bodies and, you know, I'd say 95% of our fleet then gets a, you know, a snow plow in the winter. Um, so the guy can go from doing a, you know, a heating service call or a plumbing backup back to plowing in a, in a winter event. Okay. What about, uh, you know, types of, uh, pushers when it comes to that, do you have a preference there? Um, yeah. So we made a big push with snow wolf, uh, this year and we actually, we have another side of our business that does, you know, equipment renting and truck upfitting and stuff like that. So we do all that in house. So we became a Snow Wolf dealer uh, just this season. So we've added uh, quite a few of those to the fleet and uh, loved the performance of them. Um, before that, we were running a ton of just regular box, you know, ProTech pushers. Mm -hmm. Still still run a ton of those. All right. So with Snow Wolf, that's cool. So you're a dealer now. Do you have a territory? Um, I'd say we're the Long Island dealer. Okay. Uh, Territory-wise? Yeah. Okay. Um, All right, cool. What about when it comes to de-icing? Do you have a preference there um, in terms of brand or even type of, like, what's your go-to setup when it comes to de-icing with truck and size and capabilities? Yeah. So we have everything. Our portfolio, you know, varies from a bank branch to, you know, million square foot distribution centers. So we run... On our trucks, you know, we're big Douglas Dynamic fans. Um, we run a lot of Western in our fleet. And uh, this last year, we also became a Snow X dealer. So nice. we're, uh, we've are we added a lot of our new fleet this year. It's gotten a lot of Snow X equipment. We've been running their new Helix um, spreaders. You know, everything from, you know, a two and a half yarder all the way up to the six yarders. Um, Got it. So I'd really say, trying to match the property, right? Yeah. I think it's a, you know, a, most of our, I'd say half our portfolio is, you know, dedicated equipment on site and the other half is all routed. So usually the smaller trucks, you know, a 350, you know, with a, you know, eight and a half foot V and a two and a half yard salter in the back. And then we go up to, you know, 550s with, you know, three yarders and, you know, V plows on them as well. Okay, cool. 
Um, everyone's interested in um, sidewalks these days, right? Because of the labor situation. And I see more and more companies investing in their sidewalk fleets, which I think is really cool because, you know, you can blow, as you know, you can waste a lot of payroll on sidewalks. So what's your go-to machine on a sidewalk? Sidewalks are, uh, we have a mixed, we have a mixed fleet on that. I think there's okay. multiple tools for different applications, you know, our city work to our, you know, call it Long Island work or, you know, more rural stuff. Um, so we run a big fleet of snow raiders. We have Ventrax in the fleet. We have, you know, S100s with blowers. We have smaller skids. Um, it's really the right tool for the right application, not mm -hmm. being afraid to take that jump and mm -hmm. invest in the right equipment to get it done right. Okay. All right, cool. And then what's your involvement with uh, liquids? Liquids we run as a, a pre and post treat. Um, we've been somewhat involved with them. Um, we've seen success in certain areas and, you know, certain areas it hasn't been as effective. So we're, we're still experimenting. Are you, are you making, are you buying uh, a product our, or are you? We're buying mixing? our liquid right okay. now. Got it. Yep. All right. Um, so I noticed uh, just just uh, on your you know I just follow you guys on social media so I've I saw this when it happened but really cool some of the uh, press you guys got for donating and delivering those N95 masks um, to some local hospitals if I have the story right there tell us about that so that was uh, yes we wound up starting a whole initiative on that but that started with. Uh, you know, a, a simple thing at the beginning of COVID of everyone looking for PPE and equipment. And it all started with the, you know, everywhere you looked or any news channel you put on, it was, we can't find PPE. We can't find it. Where is it? And it was, uh, happened to be scrolling through actually LinkedIn and saw a post from someone that, you know, have in stock and right here in New Jersey sent them a message and, so no, this can't be, it can't be that hard to find right. if you find it right here. And, uh, we wound up sending someone out to his warehouse and sure enough, he had a couple hundred thousand masks sitting there and we made the decision to buy, I think we bought 50,000 at first. Wow. And, uh, the intention of using them for our own use and being able to donate some to, you know, we have a lot of, you know, medical facilities that we take care of client wise and kind of give back to them a little bit and uh so we did that on a let's say let's call it a monday and by tuesday morning all fifty thousand masks were given away that um, is so cool and that's and crazy it, too because they were like impossible to find right yeah <laughs> all along they were sitting you know they were sitting in a warehouse and yeah. uh we we placed a couple more orders with them and we wound up donating something like one hundred and fifty thousand. Um, hundred and fifty thousand pieces of PPV. One hundred fifty thousand total during that. Yep, roughly. Well, that's cool. How did the news channels uh, pick up that? Uh, we put it out on social media that we had masks, which we were getting a well. We started getting a lot of requests from just individual nurses or doctors reaching out to us once they saw that we donated to their hospital. Hey, I need three masks for my unit or, you know, oh, okay. my shift. And we started taking all these requests and just from, Hey, my daughter works at this facility and she hasn't gotten a 
a new mask and she's looking for something. And at that point, we probably had a, a factory <laughs> coming out the front door of my office of people picking up masks 24 hours a day. Oh, that's crazy. And uh, it just spun from there. Or just got out. Oh, that's we so started... Cool. Um, we started with a, a group of students from uh, Columbia University reached out to us. We started a Save the Frontline, and uh, they put together their network and really grew it from there with us, with our support. So awesome. it was a pretty cool initiative to take yeah. on, you know, be able to give back in a time where everyone was looking for something, you know, put the small dent in it. Yeah, I mean, it's just so timely, so so awesome, and just really almost a miracle that those were sitting there in a warehouse. Um, so, um, oh, that's really cool. What a great, inspiring thing for your people as well. And some good PR, right? Yeah. <laughs> no doubt about it, being on uh, some of the biggest news channels in the country. And uh, it was a cool experience, but at the end of the day, we, you know, we, we do a lot of initiatives throughout the year. We're we're very charitable, me and my partner. You know, we did a big push this year with Toys for Tots. We do a lot with um, two organizations with pediatric cancer that we're involved with heavily. Um, we're always looking to give back. Our whole team does. They all get involved. So it's it's pretty cool when we can, you know, take a step back. You know, we're all very fortunate in our lives, and our whole team, you know, gets involved and pitches in, and, you know, whether it's monetarily or just time-wise on projects, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Time, talent, and treasure is what they say. Exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit about your ideal customer. You know, um, you're not the only customer in our industry that's made that transition into the full facility management uh, space. So what do you believe sets East End Group apart from your competitors, Ryan? I think it's the personalized approach we take to our projects. Um, we really try to be that extension of their own staff. Um, try to get them the most accurate information, be the most transparent with them on where we stand on something. Um, I think it's a two-way street. You know, we really consider our customers partners. You know, we look for our customers to grow with us into our other service lines, grow into different regions with those customers. So it's really finding a, a partner to grow with. You know, we're very selective on the clients that we do take on. Um, it has to be a good fit for us both mutually to to grow. And if we can help solve their problems and make their lives easier, that, that's the best way to do it. Yeah, and, and I'm really um, impressed by that philosophy. It's it's easy to say that. It's it's um, difficult to stay committed to that. But um, and I know that from my own experience. But but I, that's, that's just such a, it's music to my ears to hear someone talk about fitness when it comes to clients. Cause I think that's so important. I think one of the biggest mistakes people make in business is they chase every opportunity as if they're all equal and they're not. So, you know, how do you, during the sales process, how do you flush out those people that are not good fits? What are the, you know, how do they separate themselves out from the rest? <sighs> First, by what their strategy of how they're rolling. You know, we, we bid a lot of large portfolios and you can tell right away of who you're at the table with and the, you know, the RFP process, what kind of, how they're putting together their RFP. Are they slapping something together, you know, and, and throwing it out the door? Or did they really put some thought into, hey, this is what we have going on. These are our problems. These are our issues. 
and really talking to them to get their feel of where they want this to go. If they're just looking for another vendor to come in and have the same issue or if they're really looking for true change. Yeah, I love it when you're reading a snow RFP and it's really a janitorial contract. Oh, yeah. What's wrong here? If they can't take the time to put it together properly, they're probably not a good fit for us. Right, um, right. <laughs> you know, um, we also pick up a lot of our work and our relationships with our customers come from, you know, especially this season, we've picked up, I would say, three major portfolios, you know, from past vendor performance nice. throughout this year. And really being able to react to that and and make sure that it's a, a good fit for us going forward. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and, it, and it works wonders. You know, we had one customer that came to us that was having issues in three of our their regions and we were able to say, hey, we're, we feel comfortable taking one on mid-season and let's start the conversation for next year, taking the other two regions on. Nice. Um, but from a customer that was dreading snow and, you know, four of their facility managers to, you know, we took over in the beginning of February and we, you know, February and our market up here, we were out there pretty much every other day mm-hmm. um, for the first couple of weeks of February. And we went from them sending, you know, they track their, you know, work order tickets or, you know, failures that are getting reported back. And we had four for the whole month of February Nice. compared to they were doing four an hour, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. With their last That's huge. Yeah. Um, what about during events, Ryan? What does an event look like? Let's say there's a big, you know, nor'easter or something coming up the the Atlantic coast there. And, you know, we've had a couple of those this year, right? We've had, yeah. we had about three weeks of back-to-back yeah. events. Are you involved in those events? And what, do you, what is your role during an event? Yeah, I'm very heavily involved. It starts from, you know, the pre-planning of the event and, you know, you know, we do a lot of other services and, you know, in our world. So it's, it's a big transition back to snow, you know, for all these. So, you know, our dedicated team is, you know, it's three days before an event's coming, we're swapping everything back on and, um, going into the event of dispatching and stuff like that. And then, I, I personally can't sit down and sit still in the office too long, but I'm out in my truck and checking on sites and making sure sites are correct and talking with the guys. You know, that's that's what I enjoy doing during an event. Yeah. What was the biggest event you had this year? Biggest push? Uh, let's say we were just, just shy of that 20 inches. Okay. All right. So that's a pretty good storm. That was a pretty fun storm. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Storm. Any lessons learned from that? Um, I'd say the biggest thing that we learned was just longevity of guys and really making sure that you, you space them out properly. You know, we have a mix of client, you know, clients and we have a lot of high demanding sites that are zero tolerance and, you know, the event 20 inches of snow and especially at our, you know, in our city markets and, you know, the boroughs for us, you know, there's no space for 20 inches of snow. Right. So it went right into our melting operations. It went right into hauling operations. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, it should have been a 20 hour storm that we were out there, but it was a week of oh, nonstop, yeah. you know, between the melting and the hauling operations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
What do you like to do outside of work? Um, sounds like you got a lot going on. Um, I'm sure you're busy year round with all your service lines and everything, but when you have a chance to get away, what do you do? Get away is exactly that. <laughs> as much as I kind of enjoy traveling, I like seeing new things. I like, uh, we travel this year hasn't been the year of travel, but you know, typically we're, you know, me and my girlfriend are traveling out of the country a few times of the year to go explore some new spaces and see what else is out there. Anything you would recommend? Oh, uh, one of my favorite trips was Iceland. Um, okay. it was, a it was a cool trip to see some stuff that you would never see before. And just the towns and the food and just hanging out. Yeah. I've it's heard great cool. things about Iceland. Yeah. Love to get out there. Um, so you're still pretty early in your career. Um, I don't think you're 30 yet. No, um, probably, uh, but I'm always up on 20, coming up on 28 next oh, week. Oh, good for you. <laughs> well, I'm always curious to see if, if there's, um, you know, anything like it, as far as a challenge or something that you really had to struggle through. Cause, cause I think we can learn a lot from those things in, in our lives. And, and maybe you haven't had anything yet where it's really been like super difficult, but is there something you want to share with us? Just something that you had to really fight through in your career up to this point? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I had to, you know, I was faced with was going in to a meeting with a larger client and walking in as a 21, 22 year old and mm. telling him I, I'm your guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, talking to a guy that's been in the industry or was doing his job for 30, 40 years and, you know, getting through to him to that I was the guy that was going to handle this problem. Um, we were very fortunate that I was able to, you know, get in with a few companies and, you know, prove my work ethic there and built a pretty good reputation uh, with those customers. And they were our biggest referral source for the first couple of years up until probably coming up on a year ago was the first time we put up a website and you know really started some marketing out you know outside of customer referrals was how we got our business for years so what gave you that confidence to be able to walk into that meeting and and have that conversation with those folks and did you win the work um there was definitely times where we we won the work and people took the chance with us and there was definitely times where we probably should have got the work and and they didn't take the chance with us. And one thing that we, we never write that, never wrote that off. And there was clients that we have today that, you know, we could have had a couple of years earlier that, you know, kind of waited a little bit to see how we matured and, um, they're with us to this day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, sometimes just got to show up, right? Yep. That's, that was always our big thing. You know, if you, if we say we're going to be there, we're going to be there come higher hell water. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll get there. I'll be there myself. You know, my partner is the same way. We've had that attitude with all our customers mm-hmm. that, you know, when they call and we jump. Yep. No, that's great. Um, what about the industry, the snow and ice management industry? When you kind of think about kind of the state of the industry or the future of the industry, how would you describe that from your perspective? I think it's um, one of the coolest things is that it really truly is an industry and it's one of those things that over the last two years just the 
everything that's going on and how it's developed that people actually see it as a true industry. There was always, I knew, you knew, and other people in the industry knew about it, but all these other worlds are now realizing that snow is an actual true industry. It can be a, you know, a full company and it's not just, oh, you know, we got to deal with the snow for, you know, whatever some markets five events a year 12 events 20 events a year you know it's not it's not just a one-time service anymore Mm -hmm. yeah for sure um you know you've been a real good contributor real solid contributor to the sima peer group program and appreciate all your your you know just transparency and leadership in that regard what do you get out of being in a peer group what's in it for you I really enjoy, you know, I mean, like you just said, the SEMA Snow Peer Group, and I'm also in uh, another business peer group called TAB. Mm-hmm. I think they're both two invaluable groups from, you know, going to guys with, you know, some more years on me to, you know, certain situations or just having guys to be able to bounce ideas off. Hey, I think I'm going in this direction. And they might not give you the answer that you're looking for, but they might give you an answer that gets you on the right thought process i think is one of the biggest keys that sometimes you know you have this idea you're talking with your team and you know my leadership team and we think this is the best way and you bounce it off someone and they're like no i tried that been there this is going to be your problem here here and here you should be thinking this this and this and you're like yeah oh well we were just so we had that tunnel vision and you know getting that outsider's view you know Mm -hmm. looking in is invaluable Mm -hmm. yeah what was the second group? Tab, did you say? Tab, T- yeah, T-A-B? The alter- yep, the alternative board. The alternative board. Okay, all right, cool. Thank you for that. I'm not familiar. Um, yeah, they're similar to like a Vistage or something like okay. that. Okay, all right, cool. No, good, good, good tip. Uh, what about other things that you might be involved in t- as far as things that are developing you as a professional, as a business owner, other other kind of professional development things you're into or trainings that you're involved in? Um, do a lot of tab events. They have another kind of division that has a lot of guest speakers and stuff like that, that we're always, uh, and I'm always actively involved in. And I think the biggest thing that I do that, you know, it's kind of a, a second off, but we do a lot of charity work and I'm on the board of a few charities and mm-hmm. those are great, you know, networking opportunities mm-hmm. as Absolutely. well they're able to you know get with people and help for a common cause and you really get to grow and know great people mm-hmm. no that's a great point um and so, something i've i've shared in my career as well sat on a bunch of different boards and you meet some really cool people and really develop relationships with those folks and like you said great networking there um what do you have, what kind of advice do you have for someone considering potentially joining the industry what would you say to a young person sitting across the desk from you younger person (laughs) (laughs) it'd be sometimes pretty hard but no it's a it's a great industry you got to be fully committed though you know don't you know if you're going to do it do it um i think that's something that a lot of people struggle with you know you know take the investment go all in and you know you'll reap the reward yeah yeah, there's no other way. Agree with you 100% there. Well, we appreciate you being our guest. Thank appreciate you so you much, Ryan. Me today. And um, hope to see you at a future uh, industry event. 
when we get Absolutely. back to them. Yeah, hopefully sooner than later. Sounds good, man. Take care. All right. Thanks, for Thank you for listening to this episode of the Snowfighters Institute podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, become a subscriber today so you won't miss any future episodes. And don't forget to check out our upcoming events at snowfightersinstitute.com. Now go forth.